0: Amen. Isn't that a good song? And it ought to stir our hearts in the matter of, of uh, letting our light shine, us being a gospel witness. Uh, you understand uh, this nation was built on the principles of the word of God. And, um, and boy, how we need to return to that. Christians need to let their light shine. We need to be a gospel witness. Folks need to be born again. Uh, when you die, you go to one or two places, heaven or hell. It's not good people going to heaven, bad people going to hell. It's saved people that go to heaven, folks that have been born again. And uh, oh, how we need to be a gospel witness. Open your Bibles again to the book of Joshua. What an exciting passage of scripture. You just have to imagine this uh, uh, white-haired, 85-year-old man uh, that is rejoicing, and he is giving testimony. Uh, Caleb is giving testimony of the goodness of God, and he says he said, "I'm as strong as I, I'm as strong today as I was forty five years ago, and he made sure that he pointed out even for war. He said, I'm ready to go to war. He said, I'm just uh, excited and thankful for what God has done. i want to preach a message tonight entitled, Character Wins in the End. A character always wins in the end. And the purpose of the message tonight is to say to us, let's just do right until Jesus comes. Amen? Let's just do right until Jesus comes. There are four words I want to give you as I outline and preach of this passage of Scripture tonight. A character always wins. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd bless the preaching of your word. We have come to you several times already this evening because, Lord, how we need you in our life and every part of our life. Lord, in every part, and oh, how we need you tonight. I pray that you'd bless the preaching of your word. I ask that you fill me with your spirit. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help me to deliver the message in a way that could be understood and a way, Lord, that can be applied to our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Forty-five years before this event and this testimony took place, Israel stood at the entrance of the land of Canaan. But rather than going in, they went against the word and encouragement of Caleb, and they turned back. As a result, that generation all died in the wilderness except... Caleb and Joshua. Can you imagine being those two men? And everybody else, of course, is 45 years younger than you are. And uh, these two men, they live because of their faith in God. Caleb is a mighty warrior, and to me, he stands head and shoulders above all men of Israel, he and Joshua, when it comes to character and commitment. When Caleb got a hold of the truth, He never changed his mind. He never changed his heart. He never changed his intent. He never changed his desire. He never changed his direction. He kept going until Hebron had his name on it. Israel listened to 10 spies of reason, and they all died in the wilderness. Caleb and Joshua not only lived, they lived to see victory in their lives and their nation. And to me, Caleb and Joshua, they are a picture of character and decency that may be mocked in the present. And certainly character and decency is being mocked in our day. But when it comes to the end, character and decency always wins Caleb was a part of Israel when they left Egypt now think of this Caleb was a part of that crowd that left Egypt they were delivered from the hand of Pharaoh uh, Caleb experienced coming across the Red Sea on dry land he experienced that he experienced the manna of heaven he experienced the water from the rock of Horeb he experienced God providing up for them Shoes and clothes that never wore out. He experienced the blessings of God. But when it came to the greatest trial of their faith. Caleb and Joshua were the only two that said look. We've got to have faith in God and keep moving forward. Sometimes you feel like there's only two left in America that wants to do right. Certainly two left in the crowd. uh, Two left among many people. Here are two men that decide to have faith in God. Now I want us to see tonight, I want us to see tonight that character and doing right always wins. Let me give you four words that describe and define Caleb's life. First of all, Caleb was committed to God. I want you to make note of three verses. There are six like this, but I want you to make note of three verses in this passage of Scripture. I have them underlined in my Bible. Verse number 8, at the end of the verse, he is testifying and he says, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. I want you to notice in verse number 9. Uh, Moses swear on that day saying surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever and notice here it is again because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God look at verse number 14 at the end of the verse he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel I ask you the question tonight At what percentage are you following God? Some want just a little bit of God in their life and think that a little bit of God blesses their life. Uh, Caleb inherited the land of Canaan and specifically the place of Horeb not because he wanted a little bit of God but because he was wholly committed to God. He wholly followed the Lord. May that be our testimony. May that be our desire that we follow the word of God. Whatever the Bible says, that settles it. Uh, However, how the Holy Spirit leads as far as uh, uh, the will of God is concerned, we've decided we will wholly follow the Lord. Doesn't matter if it makes sense. In fact, it didn't make a whole lot of practical sense to go into the land of Canaan because there were seven nations greater and mightier than they. Uh, There were giants in the land. But if God said it, He believed it and he decided that's what I'm going to do because he wholly followed the Lord. He was committed, write down the word, he was committed in following the Lord. Take your Bibles and go to Numbers chapter 13. Let's see a bit of the story tonight uh, that he is referring to some 45 years earlier. Numbers chapter 13, and go with me, if you will, to verse number 26. This is the story, this is the event 45 years before. By the way, perhaps you've taken a stand for right and it's not very popular among your family and friends tonight. Perhaps you've taken a stand, are you listening to me? You've taken a stand for right and you're receiving some criticism for it. If it's what God said and it's God's will for your life, don't worry about what others say, stay wholly committed to the Lord we're not trying to live a popular life we're trying to live a life that's pleasing to the Lord notice numbers chapter 13 and go with me to verse number 26 and they went and came to Moses this is 45 years before and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them And unto all the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, be careful about those excuses. We know what God said, and here's the evidence of what God said, nevertheless. Don't let a nevertheless of your emotion keep you from the will of God. Don't let the nevertheless of feeling bad today keep you from the will of God. Don't let the nevertheless of, uh, of, 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 of a criticism and doubt keep you from the will of God. All of these things were what God had promised. And then the Bible says, nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. Here are the excuses. And the cities are walled and very great. Talking about Jericho as a walled city. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. Those were giants. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. And the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites. And I imagine there were a few Skeeterbites among all that crowd as well. Uh, They dwell in the mountains in verse 30. And Caleb stilled the people. And Moses said, let us go up at once and possess it. Now imagine, if you will, this great crowd of people. No, I've got to hurry. This great crowd of people that are there, and they're hearing the fact that you don't want to go up there. There's giants in the land. You don't want to go up there. There's all of these people that are up there, and they're stronger and they're mightier than we are. Caleb said, wait a minute. Hey, folks, wait, wait, wait. Listen to me. Listen, wait, 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 wait. Don't listen to these guys. I mean, I mean, what they're saying is right, but God said we could, let's go up at once. Now, that's what Caleb said. Now, they did not listen to Caleb, though they heard him. They did not follow his instruction. And the Bible says that, that crowd died in the wilderness. In the ancient Chinese military book entitled The Art of War, perhaps you've read it, written by Sun Tzu... He gave seven points to winning at war. When you read them, you read the book. I believe there are 13 chapters. It's not a very big book. Uh, seven principles of winning at war. Uh, they're all biblical principles. Here's what they are. Before you, before you attack a new challenge, commit to paying the price. Number two, over plan and prepare. Number three, win the battle in your mind first. Win the battle of your mind first. Number four, Break down big tasks into small ones. Number five, be flexible with methods, not results. Number six, burn the boat. Number seven, expect the best and prepare for the worst. That's in the book, the old ancient Chinese military book, The Art of War. May I say when Caleb decided to go into Canaan, he burnt the boats. Now here's what that meant. When Julius Caesar... The Roman emperor set out to conquer England 2,000 years ago by boat. Upon landing at the coast, his soldiers soon realized the Celts had many more men than they did. And so it caused Caesar's men to panic with fear. And they started preparing their boats for a quick exit Julius Caesar set fire to the boats. So there was no way to escape. They either fought to win or they would die. Now that's what it means when the Bible says of Caleb that he wholly followed the Lord. God give us some Christians who will burn the boats. God give us some Christians who will decide, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Though no one joined me, no turning back, no turning back. Caleb was committed in serving God. Half-hearted Christians and faint-hearted Christians will never conquer the giants in their life. James said in James chapter 1 and verse number 8, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. There's only one way to stand up against the devil and the hordes of hell, and that is to be totally surrendered to the person, are you listening, of Jesus Christ. Can you see that 85 year old Caleb standing on his inheritance, thanking God for his goodness? Charles Spurgeon, England's preacher, prince of preachers, he loved to read of the French soldier and their love and dedication for Napoleon. It encouraged Charles Spurgeon. It served as illustrations of how uh, we ought to be committed to our, as a soldier, to our leader, Jesus Christ. And Spurgeon would read the stories of the French soldiers and their love and dedication for their leader, Napoleon. Spurgeon once noted that it was not unusual for a mortally wounded soldier to raise himself up on one elbow and give a final cheer to his revered general Napoleon. If by chance, I quote Spurgeon now, the dying man saw Napoleon nearby on the battlefield, he would, with his final breath, shout, "Vive!" Lee Emperor, or Long Live the Emperor. He told once of a soldier who had been shot in the chest. A battlefield surgeon was attempting to remove a bullet from his chest. The man was suffering in dying, and it was said that he whispered and said to the surgeon, If you go much deeper, you'll come to the emperor he commented that that soldier died for his general would to God we had Christians like Caleb who were committed to the person of Jesus Christ may we this week sing the chorus I've decided to follow Jesus no turning back no turning back Though no one join me, still I will follow. The cross before me, the world behind me, I have decided to follow Jesus. Write down in the margin of your Bible in Joshua chapter fourteen. The word committed as he wholly followed the Lord. The second word I want to give you is the word confidence. Confidence. Notice Joshua chapter 14 and verse number 12. The Bible says this. Now therefore give me this mountain whereof the Lord spake in that day. For thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there. And that the cities were great and fenced. If so be the Lord will be with me then I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. I want you to notice the confidence or the faith that Caleb had in his God. Would to God tonight that we would so read the Bible as if it is what it is, God's word to man, and we would say, if God so help me, I will accomplish God's will in my life. Confidence. May I say tonight, you can have faith in the Almighty God. You can have faith in the Word of God. You can have faith in the plan of God. He had faith in the promises of God. I want you to go to Deuteronomy chapter 1, and I want you to look in verse number 34. Deuteronomy chapter 1. Deuteronomy chapter 1. I want you to notice he has confidence or he has faith in God. Deuteronomy 1.34 And the Lord heard the voice of your words and was wroth and swear saying Surely there shall not one of these men of this evil generation see that good land which I swear to give unto your fathers save Caleb the son of Jephthine he shall see it and to him will I give the land that he hath trodden upon and to his children Here is the number four of six times because he wholly followed the Lord. Caleb was a man not only of commitment, he was a man of confidence in the word of God. While others complained... Caleb looked for his mountain where the milk and honey flowed and where the grapes of Escol grew. He was able to see beyond the circumstance. He was able to see beyond the opposition. He was able to see beyond the strength of those that opposed the people of God. And he saw the promise of God through faith in God. I can see now, 45 years later, Caleb holding a title deed uh, to Mount Horeb, singing, I want that mountain, I want that mountain, where the milk and honey flow, where the grapes of Eskol grow, I want that mountain. Can you hear his voice ringing out? And that crowd that criticized him, and that crowd that says Caleb is crazy because he believes God, can you hear him sing tonight? I want that mountain, and it was because of his commitment. It was because of his faith or his confidence in the promises of God. I want to say tonight, faith is not the power of positive thinking. Faith is not the power of optimism. Faith is not looking on the bright side. Faith is simply acting on what God has said. We're not taking a blind leap of faith or a blind leap. We're simply going on a settled conviction that what God said he will do, what God promised he will do, he will do. This book is not outdated. It is still in force. In fact, we're seeing the last of it, the last of its prophecies. We're seeing a great turning away. And yet we're seeing in these last days a remnant of those that have faith in God. Jesus is coming soon. I'm telling you tonight, we can have faith in the word of God. A commitment and a confidence. His commitment led to confidence. His confidence then led to... To courage. I want want you to see his courage. This may be my favorite part of of this testimony of Caleb. Take your Bibles again, go to Numbers 13. There were three obstacles that Caleb had to overcome in his courage. Now, courage is a good word. Courage is not the absence of fear, it's obedience in the presence of fear doesn't matter what the circumstances are. We're going to do what God's called us to do, and that's what courage does. Uh, Jesus said in uh, John 16, 33, uh, In this world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Caleb's courage. Take your Bibles and look at uh, Numbers chapter 13 and verse number 33. And there we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. (laughs) What a picture. What a picture. You don't even see grasshoppers until they jump. You ever been out in the evening time and you don't even see them. Then all of a sudden they're the same color as the ground or the grass. You don't even see them. And, and, and all of the people said, the ten spies, and they stirred the people to say, we were as grasshoppers in the sight of the giants. There were three things that Caleb had to overcome in his courage. First of all, he had to overcome the grasshoppers. Well, you say, preacher, you mean the giants. No, the first thing he had to do was overcome the grasshoppers. Who's that? That's the people that said we can't do it. They're grasshoppers. We're grasshoppers in their sight. It's just like in every other battle. You recall when David faced Goliath, his own brothers, they mocked David. They made fun of him. They said, why don't you go home and take care of those few sheep? He had to overcome his own brothers. Young people in school, listen to me. There are times you're going to have to overcome your own peers to do what's right to do. In school, there are going to be times you'll have to overcome your own peers. We ought to encourage one another to do right, and you should encourage one another to do right. Whether you're in the third grade or first grade or tenth grade or or in college, you ought to encourage one another to do right. Caleb had to overcome, first of all, before he could face the giants, he had to overcome the grasshoppers. Second of all, he had to overcome the giants. Now all of us have giants in our lives. Sometimes they're giants of discouragement. Sometimes they are emotions that bother us or disappoint or discourage us. Sometimes they're giants of finances or giants of sickness or giants of family stress, uh, uh, giants of doubt, uh, giants of fear. I want to say tonight we can defeat the giants if it's a will of God to do so. They, they weren't lying that there were giants in the land, but God is able. There's two ways to look at a giant. We can look at how small we are compared to the giant, and that is an outlook of fear. Or we can see how small the giants are compared to God. Do you see it? There's the grasshopper. He had to overcome them pesky devils first. That was his own brothers discouraging him. And then there was Caleb and Joshua. And then there were the giants. And if you're not careful, you'll go through life comparing uh, uh, yourself to the giant and say, I can't, I can't, I can't. But we don't compare ourselves to the giant. We compare the giant in our life. To the god of heaven and when we compare the giant to the god of heaven the giants no bigger than the grasshopper is and you can have victory in your life and i could spend a lot of time here i won't do that but i want to say tonight we can have victory if we'll simply have courage There was commitment, there was confidence, and there was courage. He had to overcome three things in his courage. He had to overcome the grasshoppers, he had to overcome the giants, and third of all, he had to overcome the gray hairs. Sometimes you get discouraged as you get older and you think, I can't do that anymore. Ah, that wasn't the opinion of Joshua. Joshua chapter 14. Go back and look at it again. He didn't let his age discourage him. He didn't let his age discourage him in his mind or in his heart. He said in verse number 10, And now behold, the Lord hath kept me alive. I remember an old preacher, Dr. B.R. Lakin. He used to say, in his old age. And my, what a preacher he was. Uh, they would He would say in his old age, Old Lakin's got one foot in the grave. He said, that may be true, but it's that one out of the grave that's got the devil on the run. He said in verse number 10, And now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said these forty and five years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day fourscore, that's a score is twenty, four score is eighty, and five years old, and yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now. For War didn't say for playing or for drinking coffee or sitting in a recliner. He said I'm as strong today for war I don't know if he was or not, but that's what he believed in his heart That's what he believed in his mind and I want to say tonight no matter what your age is God has a will for your life. Don't you retire till God takes you to heaven Don't you quit serving God until God takes you to heaven. He said God has kept me alive And I want to serve God all of the days of my life. He was committed. He had confidence and he had courage. I'll give you the last one Caleb's conquest. He won. You gotta love this. You gotta see this 85 year old man. Everybody else, other than Joshua, they're in their 40s and younger. Everybody else, the, the, the rest of the crowd died in the wilderness. But 45 years ago everybody uh, over the age of 19 uh, I mean there's a the, you talk about uh, the age gap boy they had it in those days but can you see uh, can you see Caleb he has won the battle he has received the inheritance. I want you to look at verse number 13 and Joshua blessed him write down the word conquest. Write down the word commitment. Write down the word confidence. Write down the word courage. Write down the word conquest. And Joshua blessed him and gave unto Caleb, the son of Jephthine, Hebron for an inheritance. Hebron, therefore, became the inheritance of Canaan. The name, the place Caleb inherited, Hebron, you know what it means? It means fellowship. It means fellowship. I want you to get this picture. Caleb refused to quit until he had obtained everything that God had for him. He refused to stop until he had obtained that place of fellowship with God. He received the land of Hebron and he was not just standing on his inheritance with title, deed, in hand. He was standing in fellowship with the God of heaven and no doubt Caleb heard God say or will hear him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Be careful about doing what the crowd's doing. Be careful about following the majority. Be be, be careful about asking what the opinion. We have surveys about everything and most surveys that survey the surveys find that most of them are wrong. But everybody thinks there's power in numbers. There's power in truth. Let's do right until Jesus comes. Here's the testimony of Caleb. Caleb. He was committed. The Bible said he wholly followed the Lord. Caleb was a man of confidence. Whatever God said, that's what he believed, that's what he did. He was a man of courage. He overcame the grasshoppers. I like that. He overcame the giants. He overcame the fear of the gray hairs. He kept going until as long as God gave him life, and not only did he have commitment, confidence, and courage, Caleb won. He had conquest in his life. Stand with me, if you will. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd help us to be challenged by Caleb's life. Sometimes, Lord, as we serve you for a few years, some 25, 30 years, sometimes we we tend to get a little discouraged because of the voices and direction of change and disagreement. But Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be encouraged by the word of God and the story Of the life of Caleb, may we.